Praise the Lord. It's time to look to the Word of God. The title of the message today is More Than Conquerors. This is one of the most beloved passages of Scripture, Romans chapter 8, verses 35 to 39. This morning, some of what I will say this morning, some of you have heard bits and pieces and certain aspects of it, but I'm trying to, by the grace of God, pull a fullness in today of understanding, so we open our hearts to the Lord. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, never asked him to forgive your sins and come into your life and change you so you can be a son and daughter of God, today can be your day to make a decision for the Lord. Please make a decision for the Lord today to follow him with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Give your life to Jesus. Walk with the Lord, because he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. The Bible says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And let's note that it first says who. What person? Who shall separate us? And then it goes into what? Who shall separate us? Then shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. Seven things are mentioned. Then the scripture, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Those words identify the relentless warfare against the saints. For thy sake, because we believe in Jesus Christ and the powers of darkness are against us, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. It's a warfare that is all day long. It's a warfare that persists every day in our life. And there's one who accounts us as sheep for the slaughter, and that is the enemy of our souls. Satan wants to break the faith of every Christian. He wants to undermine and destroy our resolve and our persistence to defile our ministries, our purpose, our kingdom mandate. The enemy is against us. He says, I count those people as sheep for the slaughter. I want to destroy them. And if he can, he will even bring bloody persecutions to bear against the saints. And can I remind you today that on this glorious Sunday, in this 24-hour period, 450 to 500 of our brothers and sisters in Christ somewhere in the world will shed their blood and give their life as martyrs for the gospel. The enemy of our souls, I want to count them as sheep for the slaughter. But the Bible says, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Who shall separate us? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded, and he goes on to list ten more things, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the victory of the saints. More than conquerors, no matter what we face. 17 things listed here by the Apostle Paul. But he said, whatever we face in life, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Not in ourselves, but through Jesus Christ who loved us and the one who leads us on in victory and triumph. A number of years ago, I was going through 
probably the most trying time I've ever experienced in the ministry. It was a present distress. Things present or things to come. It was a present distress. And many situations were happening about me and many voices and circumstances. And one day I was talking to my son, Pastor Mark, and in a tone of resignation I said, son, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And he stopped me and said, Dad, we do wrestle against flesh and blood. And I stopped in my tracks, and in my heart I knew that I heard the truth of God. And it sent me back into the Scriptures, and I didn't have to go far. Because the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6.12 said these words. The Amplified Version is... So clear, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents. It says we don't only contend with physical opponents, but also principalities and rulers and powers against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly or supernatural places. We don't only war against flesh and blood, but we do war against flesh and blood. But we also war against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world. And I came across wording that the Puritan preachers of the 1600s were fond of, for they inserted a word into this verse in Ephesians 6.12. They said, for we wrestle not chiefly against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. But they recognized that they were contending against flesh and blood. And so should we recognize that today. For we wrestle not only against flesh and blood. We wrestle not chiefly against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. But we do wrestle against flesh and blood. And I want to bring this to our remembrance this morning. Number one, we wrestle against our own flesh and blood. We're flesh and blood bodies. We wrestle against our own flesh and blood. And there isn't a person here that doesn't understand this warfare. We wrestle against ourselves. Attitudes and emotions and struggles within. Unbelief and doubts and misgivings. We wrestle against our own flesh and blood. Galatians 5.17 says, For the flesh wars or lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. This warfare going on in our lives. Every day we must monitor our hearts in sanctification. Isn't that true? Every day we seek to live in a manner that is well-pleasing to our Lord and Savior. Every day we're guarding our hearts. The Apostle Paul said after many years of ministry and walking with the Lord, he said, I die daily. As he wrote 1 Corinthians 15, he said, I die daily. And Jesus said, if you really want to live, you have to take up your cross daily and follow me. If you take up your cross daily, which means you put yourself to death, you put yourself down, you put yourself under, if you will put yourself to death every day, your desires, the ways of the flesh, the ways of human life, and take up the ways of the Lord, you will live in resurrection life. We must take up our cross daily and serve the Lord. Again, this isn't easy, this putting on of our spiritual armor day and night. For our enemy wars day and night. Putting on Christ-likeness. 
being so precise in our life because the Bible says that we must bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's how precise this warfare is, that we bring every thought, every emotion, every feeling, every injustice, every word against us, we bring every word, we bring every thought into obedience to Christ. Because if we don't take care of thoughts, the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, thoughts begin to escalate and they grow into arguments. And pretty soon there's an argument inside of us or a reasoning against the Word of God where the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. All of a sudden we've got things inside of us that go against what God says in His Word. And if we don't watch it there, the Bible says it grows into an image, casting down imaginations. Imaginations, all of a sudden we bring forth an image for our life that is far from the Word of God. For God said, let us make man in our image. But all of a sudden, we're concerned about our image. And we've gotten an imagination of the kind of life we want. And it's not necessarily in line with the Word of God. And imagines grow until you have, imaginations grow until you have a stronghold. And that's a hold that is strong. And you can see how the Bible uses language for these different levels. It's simple at the beginning. Bring every thought into captivity. Bring it into captivity. But then it says casting down arguments and imaginations. They take more deliberate, persistent labor. And finally we come pulling down strongholds. It's hard work to pull down a stronghold. Now, thankfully, in the name of the Lord, we can, but it's going to take some real effort in our lives. And that's why the Bible says, warns us, capture these things while they're little foxes. Take care of these things while they're just little thoughts. The first thought that comes to your heart, you can discern it. That's not of God. That's not of God. That's not of his word. And we bring those thoughts into captivity to Christ while we're all wrestling against our own flesh and blood. Working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Number two, number two, we wrestle against flesh and blood family and friends. Those that do not understand the high calling of God on our life. Those who cannot understand what motivates us and why we have such a passion for the house of God and for prayer and the kingdom. Sometimes we run into tension in our families because of this warfare that goes on. David said in Psalm 69, 8 to 10, I have become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children because zeal for your house has eaten me up. David said, I want to be in God's house every time the doors are open. If there's a family gathering or other things going on that people have planned, you'll have to rearrange because... I've got a zeal for the house of the Lord. It has my priority. When the people of God gather, I gather. Zeal for your house has eaten me up. And he said, the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. He said, when I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that became my reproach. Why is that person praying so much? David, why are you in fasting prayers and seeking God by the hours? Lighten up a little bit. Live like the rest of us. He said, that was a reproach to me. 
His natural brothers, his natural family didn't understand the call of God, the anointing, that he was called to be a man after God's heart and that he would serve the Lord fully in his life and establish something in Israel that people would be mesmerized at and would go down in infamy and, and renowned forever because of the great terrible works of the Lord through the praises of God's people and how Israel rose in power to serve the Lord under the days of David. Despised at times. His wife didn't understand him as he brought the ark up to Zion. And there he was dancing freely before the ark of the covenant. Dancing before the Lord, praising the Lord. David at 40 years of age, worshiping and magnifying the Lord. And his wife was at home behind a window. And she despised him in her heart. She should have been there dancing with him. She should have been out there with David arm in arm, dancing before Israel, encouraging the people of God. But she was at home behind a window when she should have been in celebration with the people of the Lord. She didn't understand David's heart. In John chapter 7 and verse 5, the Bible tells us that Jesus' brothers and family did not understand who he was. They did not believe in him. Now they were okay content to admit that he had a ministry. Maybe he was a prophet. Maybe he was some anointed man of God. But they had no thought whatever to accept that this could be Messiah, even though the prophecies had come and the miraculous birth of Christ had taken place. And the Bible tells us at one point they came to him to try and dissuade him from his ministry and from what was taking place because of the popularity of his ministry in that time. And somebody called to him because he, as he was ministering, he said, there, there's some people at the edge of the crowd, your mother and your brothers, because they said he's out of his mind. He's gone mad. Imagine Mary caught up because of the dis disruption and the dissension among the brothers. Even Mary was caught up and tried to pull back her son from what God was doing in his life. She quickly came to her senses, but the brothers never did understand who Jesus was until after the death, burial, and resurrection. And Jesus appeared to James, his half-brother, and he ministered to many brethren who saw him at that time. And it was only after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ that his brothers believed in him. And you read Acts chapter 1 and 15, and they were found in the upper room with Mary, waiting for the Holy Spirit and the fire of God. If your family doesn't believe in you, they don't understand the zeal of God in your heart. What pulls you so strongly to the presence of God? Don't fight your family. Just continue on in the will of God. You never know. They may be found in the upper room with you, on, with you one day in prayer, seeking the Lord, waiting for the fire of God upon their own lives. Sometimes we wrestle against flesh and blood, family and friends. We have to separate ourselves Number three, we wrestle against bad men. We wrestle against bad men. Second Thessalonians 3, 1 to 2. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly 
that the teachings of the Word of God and the gospel message may run swiftly and be glorified, that people would glorify the Word of God. They'd talk about the Word of God. They'd exalt the Word of God and the promises of God and what God says. Pray for us that this may be the case just as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. That we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. We wrestle against bad men. The Apostle Paul and the preachers of the first century wrestled against bad men, and they had to guard themselves, and they had to watch out for their lives. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, 16, Behold, I send you out as sheep, in the midst of wolves. I send you, this is the word to his disciples, to all of us. I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Sheep are the most defenseless of animals. Sheep are absolutely defenseless against wolves. The only protection for a sheep is a shepherd. How many are thankful for the great shepherd of the sheep? Hallelujah. Who through the blood of the everlasting covenant purchased us unto God. Sheep have no natural defenses. They don't have fangs. They don't have a loud growl or snarl against predators. They don't have wings so they can fly away from danger. They're not swift of foot so they can run away. Sheep are absolutely defenseless. They are the most pitiful creature in that regard, and that's why God uses them as a description of humanity, because all we like sheep have gone astray and turned to our own way. We belong to the Lord, and our protection is in him. Jesus said, I send you forth as sheep among wolves. He says, there are wolves in this world. He said, therefore, be wise as serpents. Be as cunning against the devil as he is against you. Meet him right at the level of his cunning and deception. Yea, has God said, sometimes he comes so subtly. Sometimes it's such a small feeling or thought. But we have to be wise as serpents and take the enemy out at the level that he comes at us and not be deceived by that. Jesus said, be harmless as doves. If you want the Holy Spirit to rest on your life, you have to become harmless. You're not taking vengeance on, for yourself. You're not retaliating. You're not injuring people. You're not running over at the mouth negative. You're not showing anger and outbursts of anger. If we want the Holy Spirit on our life, we must be harmless as doves. And then Jesus said, but beware of men, for they will deliver you up. Beware of men, they will deliver you up. Some of you may be facing some bad men, some unreasonable men, maybe at your place of employment, maybe in your neighborhood. Sometimes when you go down the street, there are people that you just have to walk quickly by because there is a spirit on them that comes against you. We have to beware of men, the Bible said. Now, Jesus is our example and pattern because the Scripture says in John 7, 1 that he walked in Galilee but would not walk in Judea because of the people that were against him. There were seasons of time where Jesus stayed up in the northern part of Israel in the 
vicinity of Nazareth in Galilee. He would not go down to Jerusalem because people were against him. And again in John chapter 11, it says that he went and walked in the wilderness. He withdrew into the wilderness of Judea and beyond the Jordan because he would not walk among the Jews at that time for they sought to kill him. And so we understand there are unreasonable and wicked men and that we wrestle against this kind of flesh and blood as well. Number four, we wrestle against good men. We wrestle against good men. Brothers and sisters in Christ, sometimes we wrestle and we struggle against one another. It's not a wrestling that we want but it sometimes occurs. We don't want strife in our heart against one another, but sometimes we're tempted by strife. We don't want jealousy in our heart against a brother or sister in the house of God, but sometimes we're tempted by jealousy. Sometimes we're tempted by a competitive spirit. Sometimes we're tempted by negativity, complaint, and criticism. Sometimes we wrestle against Good men. Ephesians 4, 1 to 3, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy. Paul says, I'm, I'm pleading with you. I'm pleading with you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, bearing up one another in love, he said, endeavoring, endeavoring to keep or guard the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring to guard the unity of the house of God. God wants love and unity, and that's what we want in our hearts. But sometimes we struggle, and sometimes we wrestle against what's been said, or maybe a criticism we've heard, or a slander that comes against our life. But then sometimes we wrestle against good people, brothers and sisters, but we must learn how to keep the unity, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. In marriages, in families, in clans, endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit. Sometimes we're struggling against good people, and the Bible says how good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. How good and how pleasant it is when husband and wife, how good and how pleasant when father and mother and children dwell together in unity and when the house of God dwells together in unity and how grievous and difficult when we don't. We wrestle against good men. We wrestle against brothers and sisters in Christ, and even in family members at times. And it's a wrestle that we have to endure. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Let's persist. Let's war a good warfare. Let's fight the good fight of faith and gain victory in all these areas. We wrestle against flesh and blood. Now let me say a word about our wrestle against principalities and powers rulers of darkness, against Satan himself. The Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 8, he said, be sober, be sober, be vigilant, be watchful at all times because your adversary, the devil, 
walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. And we know, as we read the scriptures, and we see how Satan tracked Jesus, we know he's tracking us the same way. There were times there was absolutely no penetration possible in the heart and life of the Lord. The enemy came against Jesus, and Jesus dealt with him, and it says the enemy left him, seeking for another occasion when maybe the Son of God would have his guard down. Maybe there'd be some frustration in him. Maybe there'd be some discouragement, some disappointment, some lust of the flesh where the enemy could say, today, I've tracked him for years, and I haven't been able to touch his life, but today I can get an inroad into him. The Bible says, give no place to the devil. Don't give one foothold to the devil because he'll try and encroach on your life and walk up the shores of your life and take over your life and the inheritance of the Lord. We have to deal with the devil the same way Jesus did, with bold and loud declaration. Away with you, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. How bold is your declaration? When you wrestle against principalities and powers, Jesus taught us how to war. Away with you, Satan. Not I'll just deal with him in my mind and spirit. You have to talk to him. And you have to say as Jesus did, it is written, it is written, it is written. That is our warfare. That is our defense. That is our power against the enemy. So we wrestle against principalities and powers. But thank God, the word of God has shown us how. Get thee behind me, Satan. It is written, I will confess the word of God. When you feel temptation, you speak out the word of God. You quote the scriptures like Jesus did because that is the offensive weapon against the enemy that pierces him through and breaks his temptation and power in your life at that point of strategy from his side. Number six and seven, they're not on specific notes, but let's go to Genesis chapter 32. I added up the wrestlings, and lo and behold, there are seven. Because this final one, God wrestled with Jacob, and Jacob wrestled with God. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man the Son of Man, wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when Jesus saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, Jesus touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And the Lord said, Let me go, for the day breaks. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And the Lord said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, supplanter, heel grabber, but Israel, a prince with God, one who fights with God, one who strives victoriously with God. For you have struggled with God and with men. Don't miss those three little words. And with men and have prevailed. Our wrestling is with flesh and blood. And our wrestling 
is against principalities and powers, and we have a wrestling going on between God and us. Jacob was left alone, and God wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. God wrestled with Jacob, and Jacob wrestled with God. This is a divine mystery, but my, if we can understand it and get involved with it, what a reward comes into our life. What benefit, what advancement in our kingdom life within and in our growth as believers and in our walk with the Lord. God wrestling with us. God wrestling with Jacob. You see, God is wrestling with every one of us because inside of our Jacob nature, inside of Jacob's, inside of Jacob were fears and weaknesses and character flaws and misgivings and doubts and unbelief. And God said, I want to break that out of your life so you can get you out of your flesh nature. I can get you out of your natural life and get you into where you should be, a prince with God, one who reigns and walks victoriously. God says, I'm going to wrestle with you. I'm going to wrestle with your attitude. I'm going to wrestle with your thoughts. I'm going to wrestle with the words that come out of your mouth. I'm going to wrestle with you because I want, I want to overcome you. I want to break that flesh life out of you so you can reign as a prince in life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I thank God for his wrestling in my life. I thank God that he didn't leave me alone. But he said, I'm going to wrestle with you till I can break that nature that's the natural man in you and I can bring forth my spirit. I can bring forth my life. I can bring forth my joy. I can bring my victory. I can bring my peace. I can bring my word because there's a surrender because I've broken you in the flesh. God wrestling with us. But Jacob was wrestling with God, and we need to wrestle with God. He said, I will not let you go until you bless me. God, he said, I, I know myself. I know I have infirmities. I have weaknesses. There are things inside of me. I have fears at times. I have struggles. I have attitudes in my character. I have deficiencies and faults inside of me. I don't want them there, but somehow they're there. And God, I'm going to wrestle with you until some of these things change in my life, and I get blessed of the living God. I'm going to plead your promises. I'm going to intercede. And you're going to find me in watching prayers. And you're going to find me in fasting prayers because I want the blessing of the God of heaven more than anything else in my life. Lord, I will contend for your promises. I will plead your promises on my life. I'm going to be found in intercessions. I'm going to be found in deep yearnings of the Spirit. I'm going to be found in longings to know the counsels of your word. I'm going to wrestle with you, Lord, until you bless my life and you give me breakthrough in the areas that I need to be touched in my life. God wrestling with us and we wrestling with God. What a glorious mystery. What a wonder of the gospel. And how wonderful to be a part of it with God and to know that you're involved with God at that level of your life. David said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Know my anxieties. Try me, know my anxieties, and see if there be any wicked way in me, meaning any way of pain. See if there's anything inside of me, Lord, that would lead me to pain and distress and heartache in my future, that would break my life 
See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the path everlasting. Lead me in your righteous ways, O Lord. See, David, like all of us, we can only know ourselves to a point. We think we know ourselves, but we can only go so far. And we can search our own hearts this morning and kind of monitor where we are, but we don't really know ourselves in the depth. And that's why David said, Lord, I've searched my heart. I've cleansed myself from impurity. I've set my life to follow you and to be filled with zeal and fire for your kingdom and your ways. But he said, Lord, I can't, I can't plumb the depths of who I am. Lord, please search me. Please search me and know me. Please try me, Lord. Check out my thoughts. See if there's anything inside of me that would cause me to fall in pain and regret in the days to come because of sin that would take my life and lead me in the way everlasting. Musicians, come, please. Hallelujah. Wrestlings. Seven wrestlings. The Bible says, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How many say amen to the word of God today? Let's stand in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you for opening our eyes to the kingdom and giving us a heart to discern and understand the knowledge of the Lord. Thank you for wrestling with us, Lord. The last thing we want is to be left alone. Come, Holy Spirit, strive with us, work with us, transform us, bring us into the image of Christ. Set us free from ourselves, Lord. Set us free from our temptations and bondage points and besetting sins, Lord might be free in you. We might reign in life. Israel, a prince with God. You have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. So we thank you this morning. Surrender our hearts to the Lord as we close out the service. If you'd like prayer, we'd like to come to the altar, present yourself before the Lord. Please come. Maybe there's a wrestle on your life that you need to yield to the Lord. God's been talking to you about some area of your life, said, I want that changed. There's been a wrestling and a struggle this morning. You're saying, Lord, I give that up. I'm giving that over to you completely. I receive the counsel of your word. I want to walk with you in all things. 
Maybe there's a struggle in your words. Maybe there's a struggle in your marriage because of hardness that's in your heart. The Lord's trying to overcome that before some wicked way takes place and there's some breakdown and deterioration. You say this morning, Lord, you've been dealing with me about my attitude. You've been dealing with me about the way I speak. And today I lay that down in your presence. Break that nature in me. Break that Jacob spirit in me, Lord, that I can be a blessing and be a prince and rule and reign in life. The altars are open as we begin to worship this morning. If you'd like prayer for any need to accept the Lord for healing of your body, please come. The prayer team will be here to minister to you. For a few moments, let's lift our hearts to the Lord.